Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 4 Everyone was intently focused on Justin Jones as he stood atop the table, glaring at Brandon. They could see that Justin's rage was directed at Brandon, but they also knew that situations like these never ended with just one person being shot. Situations like these almost always ended in a high body count. Grace was hyper-aware of her surroundings due to a jolt of adrenaline. She gave a quick glance around the room and was disturbed at how many kids were excitedly recording the scene on their phones. She found it curious that no one seemed to be concerned with how to get out of this potentially deadly situation. There was an air of fatalism and morbid curiosity. They were eager to witness death even at the possibility of their own, and the eeriness of it all profoundly sickened Grace. She turned her gaze back to Ian. She could see in his eyes that he must also be feeling the extreme creepiness of the situation. His eyes darted to the fire exit about forty feet to their right. He slowly leaned in and whispered, When I tell you to, I want you to get out of here. Run through that fire exit. Grace locked eyes with him. We won't make it. Yes, we will, Ian hissed. When I say go, we go. We grab as many people as we can, and we take them with us. Got it? Grace's mouth was bone dry, and her pulse was rabbit quick. Two years of martial arts classes could never prepare you for something like this. I'm scared. Ian nervously licked his lips. Me too. Ready? 
Grace took another quick glance at the fire exit. The forty feet seemed to be forty miles. I'm ready. I don't have my cell phone, Ian said. When you get out, use yours to dial 911. Grace nodded that she would. Just then, Justin pulled the trigger. The report was so loud, the smell of gunpowder so thick, that it seemed that the air itself had just split apart in some cataclysmic explosion on the subatomic level. She was loath to look at the probable carnage, but couldn't help herself. She looked at Justin, who was now crying, his tears mixing with the black eyeliner he wore. They slithered down his cheeks like two inky serpents. The smeared makeup and the enraged scowl made him appear not as a teenaged boy, but as some hateful clown bent on destroying all that made him weep. Her heart skipped a beat when she saw that Justin's shot had missed its target. The bullet had completely missed Brandon and lodged itself in the ice cream cooler against the wall. The shot, while not deadly, still caused physical harm. It had gone through the fleshy part of Rebecca Snyder's shoulder. She was on the floor, writhing in pain, smearing bright red blood on the white floor tiles. No one moved to help her, though one of the Barbie zombies turned her phone toward her and began recording. You did this to me, Justin screamed at Brandon. You couldn't just leave me alone. Let me live my life in peace. It's your fault I'm so miserable. It's your fault I shot her. Now I'm going to make you suffer for all this. Time slowed. Everything seemed to move at a fraction of normal speed. Justin brought the gun to bear on Brandon, who leaned back in his chair and put up his hands in defeat. Rebecca began to cry in a slow, pain-filled moan. Ian turned toward Grace and hissed, Now! Grace pushed herself up from the table. It seemed as if she were heavily drugged her limbs refusing to work with any swiftness at all. She lurched for the door, grabbing at the shirts of the other students as she ran, trying to pull them from their morbid fascination, lead them away from death to freedom. She didn't have to look at Ian. She knew he was doing the same. Get yourself out. Help others in the process. There was a series of terrifying booms as Justin opened fire. Grace saw two ragged holes appear as if by magic in the floor in front of her. Two more ear-splitting shots rang out and people began to scream. The extreme slowing of time ceased as suddenly as it began with an almost audible snap. Everything now happening in real time. Grace hit the fire exit hard, groping at the bright orange security bar that kept it locked in place. The door popped open with the high-pitched scream of the alarm. 
She glanced behind her as she stepped out onto the safety of the sidewalk. She was followed by half a dozen kids whom she had grabbed along the way. She noticed most of the students left behind had come to their senses, enough to get down on the floor and try to hide behind chairs and tables. She didn't see Ian. Her pulse raced. She looked beyond the kids running onto the sidewalk and saw him. Instead of running toward the door, he was running toward Justin, apparently to draw Justin's fire and buy her time to get herself and as many others as possible to safety. Ian yelled at Justin to stop, to put the gun down. Justin turned, his face a mask of rage and hate. He pointed the gun at Ian and pulled the trigger. Ian was knocked backwards by the force of the bullet, slamming into his body. He tripped over a chair and fell hard onto the floor. Grace screamed as she ran back into the lunchroom to help Ian. Justin turned toward her and pointed the gun directly at her head. Then, seemingly out of nowhere, someone leaped onto the table and grabbed Justin. She saw that it was Ari, the runaway she had been obsessing over all morning. The gun was knocked from Justin's hand as they fell onto the floor in a heap. Grace pushed past some of the kids who were standing in her way and ran toward Ian. She was shaking, her heart racing so fast that she had trouble breathing. She felt hot tears on her face. She reached Ian. He was so pale. He looked as if he did not belong to this time or place. It was as if he had been transported from some alternate dimension that was devoid of all color. His eyes were closed his hands folded over his chest, clutching the spot where the bullet had entered his body. His gray sweatshirt was turning dark by the blood that seeped from the wound. She turned and screamed for someone to help her, anybody. As her eyes flitted around, desperately looking for help, she saw Ari wrestling with Justin on the floor. Ari punched him in the temple, stunning him. Nephi, The beautiful, dark-haired runaway ran over and knelt beside them. She took the blood-red scarf from around her waist and gave it to Ari, who used it to tie Justin's hands. Ari got up and ran over to Grace. He crouched beside her, put his arm around her, and said, Don't tell anyone I did that. 